Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars Comics in Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. So in the fourth episode of Star Wars Comics in Canon, I wanted to delve into the Shattered Empire run of comics. It was a comic miniseries. Uh, issue 1 came out September 2015. Issue 4, which is the final issue, came out in October 2015. And the hardcover edition came out September 2016. I'm mentioning the hardcover because if you tuned in last week to my episode about C-3PO's red arm, you'll know that the hardcover of the Shattered Empire comic also includes the one-shot C-3PO comic, which explains how he got his red arm. Now, Shattered Empire is part of the Journey to the Force Awakens. Uh, essentially, I briefly mentioned it in the last episode, but every time since the new canon, Disney has released a new Star Wars film, they release a Journey to the blank line of books and comics. The Shattered Empire one was Journey to the Force Awakens. The C-3PO Red Arm comic was meant to be Journey to the Force Awakens, but because of multiple delays and things, it didn't get released until uh, April of the following year. There are quite a few other things that were released. I think it's 19 stories in total that were released as the Journey to the Force Awakens, but a lot of them are sort of short stories or junior things. So I'd say that the Aftermath trilogy, mainly the first Aftermath book by Chuck Wendig, that is a part of the Journey to the Force Awakens and the Lost Stars novel by Claudia Gray is also a part of this. The writer for this comic is Greg Rucker. He has actually released a few other Star Wars uh, content. He's released the book Guardian of the Wills, um, the book Smugglers Run, a Han Solo and Chewbacca Adventure, which is also part of the Journey to the Force Awakens, but it's a junior novel, so I'm, not, I'm trying not to delve into the junior stuff too much, or I'll be here all day. Um, and he also did the Grounded short story from a certain point of view. He's done loads of other works as well, so make sure you check him out. Um, the colorist is Andres Mosser, and then there are actually three artists in this, uh, run of four comics, which is Marco Cecchetto, Angel Unzita, and Emilio Lazo. Now, this was also one of the first comics that came out since the new canon. I believe the only one that came out before this that was a mini-series was the Princess Leia series of comics. Um, I am going to be delving into the Chewbacca, Lando, and Leia mini-series as well, because they're released in one sort of thing called Heroes for a New Hope. I'll be doing them at some point later down the line, maybe next week, I don't know. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But essentially, this was one of the very first comics that was released in the new canon. I think the other ones were basically the first run of Darth Vader comics, the first run of Star Wars comics, and the first of the Kanan comics, which is to do with the character Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. Now delving into the actual story and content within itself, um, this run of comics is set literally within minutes of the end of Return of the Jedi. Uh, it actually opens with essentially the Death Star 2 assault at the Battle of Endor, and it runs until basically three months after Return of the Jedi, there thereabouts, which is 4 ABY to 5 ABY, assuming because the Battle of Endor was towards the end of the year. 
So I'm going to delve into some plot details now. Um, there will be spoilers for the Shattered Empire comic, because obviously I'm going to be talking about it. I'm not going to, you know, read it verbatim, because that's pointless. But I'm going to give some sort of footnotes and things, but it is going to basically see what happens in it. So, you know, if you do really want to read the Shattered Empire comic, may not be worth listening to this. But although I would say that if you listen to this and then go back to it, it will kind of highlight some of the more interesting things that at least I found in the comic. So as I said a little bit earlier, um, it starts literally as the Battle of Endor is happening. Um, one of the first comic panels is actually Vader and Luke locked in lightsabers. And essentially, it introduces Poe Dameron's parents, obviously Poe being from the sequel trilogy. Um, his parents are called Shara Bay, who's his mum, and Kez Dameron, who's the dad. And Kez was actually in the bunker with Han on Endor, uh, you know, when he broke in and it was meant to be a trap and then the Ewoks came in and all, you know, everyone was saved, essentially. Um, that's a part of a group called the Pathfinders, which is the name of Han's elite team on Endor, um, as I've explained. Shara Bay was actually flying an A-Wing and she actually was in the battle above Endor and things. And in the first issue, it's more so just kind of concluding Return of the Jedi with a bit of extra information. When Luke and Darth Vader, or rather the corpse of Vader, left the Death Star 2 before it blew up and obviously they were in an Imperial shuttle, Shara Bay, Poe's mum, she in her A-Wing saw it, basically was like, oh my god, there's an Imperial, let's shoot it down. And then Luke was like, oh no, no, wait, please, you know, help essentially uh, is not who you think it is and then she helped escort them down um, i only wanted to bring this up because it's just quite interesting because a lot of the time you see in these films where someone takes over an imperial or an enemy in air quotes ship or something like that they commandeer it and then everyone just kind of seemingly doesn't shoot them so i quite liked the fact that they actually even though it was only one panel they actually had a dialogue essentially explaining that they were going to be shot down which has been a very interesting end to uh, return of the jedi if luke then got shot down on the way back to endor by one of his own people but I digress. The rest of the comic is really people just kind of being happy about, you know, defeating the Empire and that sort of thing. And then about halfway through, Han says, oh, there's still some Imperials left. They don't believe they've lost the war. Um, so we need to basically go sort them out. There's a base on the other side of Endor and they basically go and sort that out. The second issue is a bit more interesting. Um, what shows up in that is actually one of those Palpatine droids that are red. Um, if anyone has played the Star Wars Battlefront 2 game, the Shattered Empire comic goes along really, really well with that. So if anyone's going to read the Shattered Empire comic, I'd really recommend they go and either start playing or go back to Battlefront 2's campaign because the events are very, very heavily linked, mainly due to Operation Cinder. Now, anyway, these red Palpatine droid things, uh, essentially it's just a droid with like a screen for a face and then they'll speak to you and they'll say, we have a message for you, you know, we need a bit of your blood to prove it's you and then it'll be a face of Palpatine shows up on the screen and gives someone an order. Um, from what I can tell, these were pretty much all used for Operation Cinder um, as they were in the Battlefront 2 game and the time that you see it in the comic is mentioning Operation Cinder. Now, in brief, for anyone who is not aware, Operation Cinder was part of the contingency plan that Palpatine had after Return of the Jedi, basically in the event that he died. Um, the Aftermath trilogy goes into these into a lot more detail, although I don't think that the Aftermath trilogy mentions Operation Cinder, but I could be wrong there. But essentially, the Aftermath trilogy, which is an amazing trilogy, I really recommend it, by Chuck Wendig, it really helps kind of bridge the gap between Episode 6 and 7 in the way of what actually happened to the Empire, what happened directly after it, what happened at the Battle of Jakku, which is obviously in Force Awakens when you see Rey skirting around that um, Imperial Star Destroyer, it is from the Battle of Jakku. And I believe that's actually a Super Star Destroyer as well, which explains why it's so massively colossal. But essentially, the Aftermath trilogy explains all that that sort of happened. So it's a really, really interesting thing that goes along really well with this. 
Anyway, back to Palpatine's droid and Operation Cinder. Um, Operation Cinder was essentially Palpatine. He believes that his empire had failed, so he organized lots of these satellites to basically be deployed around these specific sets of planets and they shoot basically these things to mess around with the planet's atmosphere causing really bad electrical storms and some horrendous uh, big like, sort of natural disasters like hurricanes and tsunamis and all these sort of things and after doing it it basically will make the planet inhabitable now palpatine to what i can see online palpatine only really does this to six planets that we know of um he had plans to do another dozen of them but those plans basically cancelled which i'll delve into in a minute um but one of the planets that he actually targeted which is in the second comic is naboo and naboo is obviously very heavily in the prequel trilogy because that's where palpatine came from and he demilitarized it and made sure that they were kind of you know under his thumb essentially so when he died he basically Naboo was one of the first places he attacked because he felt like they'd failed him and a lot of the planets that he went for were either ones that he knew were very much for the rebellion but a lot of them if not the majority were actually ones that were imperial strongholds so he was basically trying to go around and destroy the the empire that failed him so he could destroy it and all those sorts of things and then basically lead it to bring on to the first order and also the events of the end of rise of skywalker so looping back to the second comic essentially um shara bay escorts princess leia on this mission to naboo they go there and essentially bracian cinder starts to happen then the third issue starts in the third issue the pathfinders that group of hands form of elite team essentially including kez dameron they basically go to this imperial base um on the wretch of Tehran they attack it they get these details and they basically get c-3po to hack in and take all the information regarding operation cinder they get a list of all the planets that are on there one of them is naboo and so towards the end of the third comic han and the pathfinders and things basically go to naboo now before han and stuff show up essentially um leia and shara are there speaking to the now queen of naboo and they basically say something starts to happen and then they basically say okay we need to get some flight fighters and pilots and things naboo say we don't really have many of them at all really we don't have any fighters we're quite a neutral planet palpatine demilitarized us that sort of thing so leia shara and the queen of naboo go up in starfighters which was seen in episode one it's one of the ones that anakin or little annie flies and blows up that separatist ship thing they're basically the really really yellowy ones that look quite sleek they're the ones that i'm speaking of um they fly them up to basically try and take on the empire and destroy the satellite they look like they're about to lose and then as i said the pathfinders come back basically defeat the empire and then naboo is saved the fourth comic basically it starts with them speaking about how the information that the pathfinders got from uh, the imperial base they basically are really helpful they're going to go across the galaxy they're going to try and save a lot of these planets that are going to be decimated essentially by palpatine and then luke basically asks r2 to go find a pilot for him and r2 finds shara bay and so shara and luke go on this little adventure in the fourth issue in the fourth issue essentially it's it's a really fun one it, i can't tell if the third or the fourth one's my favorite but this is definitely a comic series that does get better as it goes but it is really really interesting especially how it all sort of connects and things and what they do they go to this imperial base they try and sneak in and they kind of get let in because there's one person who's in there who's like an expert and he says him and palpatine were the only ones who could study this weird thing they've got there that they are being elusive about and it's the thing that luke wants to travel to this imperial base specifically to get um he lets them in asks them what it is and then it's like ah trap i knew you weren't this person we're gonna get you now that you've told us what these things are 
Inside the Imperial Vault thing, essentially there's two bits of tree, and they don't look necessarily that special, but Luke says that these two parts of tree are from the big tree from the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. Now, if you haven't watched the Clone Wars series, you probably haven't seen it, because I don't think it's mentioned that much in other canon content. If you've read the Poe Dameron comics, it is in there a little bit, but I haven't read the Poe Dameron comics, so the extent of how much it is in my knowledge of is only limited. But essentially... The tree that was in the Jedi Temple was from Arcto, which is in the last Jedi film. It's the basically the tree thing that Luke keeps the ancient texts in, and then him and uh, Yoda have a discussion about it, then, you know, he tries to set on fire, and then Yoda decides to shoot it with a lightning bolt. That tree itself is a Uneti tree, and the Uneti trees are from Arcto, and the tree in Coruscant, which was at the Jedi Temple, that was an Uneti tree as well. When Palpatine rose to power, he got rid of the tree, obviously kept a little bit of it for himself, and then he turned the Jedi Order temple into the Imperial base. Now, essentially, Luke and um, Shara managed to escape and things, because Luke is a whiz with a lightsaber and powerful in the Force and all that jazz. They escape with the trees, and then Luke basically keeps one, and to my knowledge and what I could see online, we don't really know what he did with it. We don't think that it's the tree seen in Last Jedi, because the trees are from Arcto anyway, so I think that that tree has been there for centuries and centuries and centuries. But Luke has done something with his other one, but he actually didn't realise there were going to be two parts of this tree, so he gave one to Shara Bay. Now the trees, they're basically, they almost look like mini trees, so there's branches coming off, there's a bit of leaves and things, so you can plant them and they will grow. Uh, Shara Bay, at the end of the comic, takes it to her husband, Kez Dameron, and they plant it on Yavin 4, which is where the base was in A New Hope. So that is more or less everything that's to do with the Shattered Empire comic itself. I wanted to give a little bit more information about some of the other things within it. So one of the things I wanted to mention was Poe Dameron. Uh, Poe Dameron was actually born to ABY, two years after the Battle of Yavin, so two years after New Hope. So that's actually one year before Empire Strikes Back, and around two years before Return of the Jedi. So at the time of this comic, Poe is only like a one or two year old baby, essentially. And they do mention him at one point, they say about, you know, going home and seeing my boy, but you don't actually see him in these comics. Poe grew up on Yavin 4, which as I said is from A New Hope, where the rebel base was initially, that the Death Star was going to target and blow up if a plucky band of rebels hadn't blown up the first Death Star quick enough. And from what I can tell, after the Empire was defeated and things, between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, people lived on Yavin 4. There's quite a few people living on there, there's a lot of forests, all that sort of jazz. And basically that's where Shara planted the tree. They planted it in their backyard, essentially. As in the Poe Dameron comics, there is mention of Poe playing on the tree and things like that. So it's still surviving and thriving, and it's unknown really what happened to it from that point, at least from what I could see online. Now I will say this is one of my favourite comic miniseries that I've read. Um, it's not my absolute favourite, I think the Kylo Ren one's still probably that, and then maybe the Phasma comic. But I just think that I really like it when they tie in with the movies a lot more. I do like the individual comics that come out, such as Dr. Aphra. They're, that's excellent, which I'll go into in another episode at some point. But I really like the ones that kind of tie in with the movies, especially ones which are specifically, you know, Journey to the Blank, because they give a lot of added depth. And one of the biggest flaws in Star Wars, in my opinion, the movies at least, is that they want to go into loads and loads of depth. And you either have one of two things. We get things like the prequels, where you've just got loads of waffle that doesn't really seem to add anything necessarily. You know, in Phantom Menace, there's so much talk that's all political. I haven't got a problem with it necessarily, but it's very, very heavy when other stuff could be in it. And then also they have these little plot holes and little bits that they kind of, bits of information they miss out because the director or writers or whomever missed a bit of information, the film got released, and then it's like a lot of people notice all these plot holes. 
Now, what the comics, and especially the books, do really well is they tell other stories about normally other characters, but with the supporting characters being recognisable faces. Like in this one, it's mainly about the two Damarins, but the supporting cast is, ironically, Luke, Han, and Leia. So, in that regard, it just adds quite a lot to stories people already love. And if you're just getting into Star Wars, these are the comics that I really recommend people check out. The ones that are the Journey 2 ones. Because then you can watch the films, you can read the comics, and it's more tacking on information that you already know know as opposed to just being like here's loads of new information about all these new characters and all these new planets and creatures and all these sort of other crazy things that's going on it's it's a lot easier at least in my opinion to retain information if it's connected to something you already know rather than learning something completely new in addition to this what i will say is that I said before, I think, that the Aftermath trilogy is something I highly, highly recommend to any people trying to get into the wider Star Wars canon. Um, it's what I finished recently. They are three books, and they are quite chunky. But if you have Audible, um, they do have, like, audio drama versions of pretty much all the Star Wars books, to my knowledge. They've got sound effects and all kinds of other crazy things. Um, it's been described as almost listening to a movie, essentially. So I'd really recommend people check out the Aftermath trilogy of books. I've also heard the book Lost Stars, which I mentioned earlier by Claudia Gray, is really good to sort of read that goes along with these things. I haven't read Lost Stars. I've heard it's amazing. It's on my list, but there's so many <laughs> things that I need to do, I can't read everything. So it's basically the, in air quotes, recommended for this is obviously to see the original trilogy in force awakens but then to also read the aftermath trilogy play star wars battlefront 2 the campaign regardless of your opinion on ea and loot boxes and multiplayer and all these sort of other things the campaign itself is fairly solid it is a bit short it's only about six ish maybe seven hours long there is a bit of information that kind of goes further and goes more on towards the resistance and the first order which i think is like the last two missions um two or three missions on the game they released it as like extra dlc after the game came out for free and if you can get the game cheap uh which i think you might be able to now for like 15 20 quid and you have no interest in playing online i would recommend getting the game just because i really enjoyed the campaign uh it's got a new character in it it's got interesting perspectives more so from the empire side so yeah battlefront 2 the campaign mode the aftermath trilogy and the lost stars book are all things i really recommend and if you're thinking of buying the comics, I personally prefer to have the physical comics with me. I like having my nice little comic collection and be able to sift through all the Star Wars comics. I generally prefer physical content, but I'm not shying away necessarily from digital comics. If you are going to get this comic, um, obviously getting it digitally I think is quite a lot cheaper and quite a bit quicker. But if you are interested in having it physically, I would recommend people get the Shattered Empire hardcover edition because it will include the C-3PO comic, which is quite hard to get by itself. So I'd really recommend that because the c 3 3PO comic as well is something that goes really really well with the Shattered Empire comic obviously being included in the hardcover is the reason for that and as I said earlier connecting to the journey to the Force Awakens but the C-3PO comic Shattered Empire Aftermath Trilogy Lost Stars Battlefront 2 they're the things that you should read if you want to get a bit more information on essentially what happened after Return of the Jedi more information on Operation Cinder and Palpatine's contingency as it were and that's more or less it for me, guys. I do try and keep these episodes short-ish, a little bit less rambling, a bit more just kind of what information that I find is interesting from the comics themselves, as well as little tidbits of information I like to give that kind of connect the dots without me just sitting here and going, here's Poe Dameron's life story. Here's everything that happened to Shara. You know, it's that sort of thing. So I haven't fully decided what I'm going to do next week. I have got the Heroes for a New Hope 
uh, hardcover comic that I got recently, which is there's three miniseries released. Well, actually, there are four miniseries released. One of Han, one of Leia, one of Lando, one of Chewie. The Lando, Chewie, and Leia ones are all in this thing, Heroes for a New Hope. The Han Solo one I had to buy separately. But I've got those four, which I have not yet read. I'm going to delve into those shortly. I think I may do the thinking about it i may do the captain phasma comic next week because that actually gives some really interesting insight from what happened to her between the force awakens and the last jedi because obviously last thing you heard about her was han and finn were like hey what should we do with this after she loaded the shields of the star killer base i'll put her in the garbage disposal you know garbage shoot obviously giving a reference to the new hope so i think that might be where i start because i have read that comic already so i know quite a few things about that so unless my mind changes in the next week it's probably going to be the captain phasma comic actually and then i'll kind of go from there but any of you guys that are listening if you really want me to tackle a specific set of comics story or anything in particular you want me to chat about um, you are more than welcome to send me an email at star wars comics in canon at outlook.com or find me on social media at genuine chit chat on twitter facebook and instagram and yeah, I also think that down the line I may do the odd one about sort of books. I am at the moment reading the Bloodline book, which is another one which is it's not a journey to the Force Awakens, but I think it was released after the Force Awakens and it gives some insight sort of ten or so years after the events of this comic. I'm I'm thinking about on the odd occasion doing a Star Wars Comics and Canon episode about the books. I really want to tackle the Aftermath trilogy. It's going to be quite hefty because there's like three books and they're like four to five hundred pages each. So I was probably just going to do one episode kind of lightly talking about the three of them, which I may also do next week. Who knows? Maybe I'll do the Phasma one, then the Aftermath one. At the moment, I'm kind of on the fence and things. But if anyone listening has a specific preference, just send me an email. And if I do get one that leans more on one than the other, I'll probably choose that. Otherwise, who knows? It can be an adventure. Anyway, guys, thank you as always for listening. I appreciate you listening, especially to my little ramble at the end there. And um, yeah, make sure you check out the other shows on the Comics Emotions feed. And if you want to find my podcast, Genuine Chit Chat, I have honest conversations with interesting people, which is the tagline. And I speak to relatively someone different every episode. I've had the guys from Comics Emotion on. I've had Tony from the Indie Comics Spotlight on as well. I am planning on having Max on at some point too. So I've had those guys on, but I've also had other people, filmmakers, authors, musicians, people from all kind of walks of life. So if you quite like the interview style podcasts, but you like them where they're uncensored, they're informal, more of a conversation than an interview, that's sort of what Genuine Chit Chat's all about. So if you want to check that out, as I said, Genuine Chit Chat and all the usual social media places, uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to this and may the force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.